Hello and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Sharon Humes. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and also my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast, which I did on Tuesday. Okay, we were off a week because we got a week off and we back to Vegas. And so we're going to first uh, talk about three fights from the 23rd that we haven't spoken about yet. Uh, all three of these uh, fight videos are up on my blog. You should check them out. So let's uh, start uh, with um, um, on that flyweight. Uh, Joanne Calderwood beat uh, Jessica I by unanimous decision. Uh, you asked me if, you know, Joanne wins, should she get a title shot? And the answer is Jessica Andrade should still get the title shot. I don't it wasn't a case of where uh, I thought Joanne fought that great. It's just that Jessica was awful. What the hell was she doing? Um, I think what happened was that Jessica was trying to get going early and impose her will on JoJo because JoJo's had a history of being a slow starter and that she thought she could maybe overwhelm, overwhelm her or get her tired. The only thing is she ended up kind of tiring herself and since she's not the striker she is at this weight, she was a bantam weight. She kind of just served herself up to get picked apart coming in, trying to get to the clinches. And when she got to the clinches, by that time, JoJo had her bullied her and kind of beat her up and moved her around the cage and just kind of outpointed her. It was, it was, it was kind of a bad, it was good game plan initially, but she doesn't really have the skills to, to kind of execute. And she kind of exposed herself in my opinion. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like I said, uh, I still think Jessica gets the uh, Jessica Andrade gets the uh, title shot. Yeah, I, I personally, I think I think Jessica I really at this point should try to move up to bantamweight. I think she's gone as far as she's going to go this weight class. And at bantamweight, the division still then and her speed up there, she's a much better athlete than almost everybody except for like three or four people. So she, I think she could put the wins together because those girls lack a little bit of skill. But at this weight class, her physical strength can't make up for the lack of all round skill she has. There's just too too many holes in her game for her to even assert herself physically and c- kind of beat girls the way she should. she should have beat Cynthia Calvillo. That fight against JoJo should have been a lot closer, but she's just not able to put it all together, not consistently. She has moments, but can't ever put whole rounds of effective fighting together. So I really think she, she should move back up. But she's been at bantamweight. She didn't do well. Yeah, she did. She didn't. But I mean, there was a different caliber of person out there. I mean. She's not going to be facing the same people for the most part. A lot of those people are out of her reach. I think she could, she has a better chance of putting two or three wins together up there than she does at this stage. I mean, you put her in against a Vanessa Mello, she can beat her. But who does she beat at this weight class now? Who? I mean, she's like on a two losing streak. So, three fight uh, what, what do they do with JoJo at this point? Um, I assume she's going to be in a holding pattern. They're either going to have – I would like them to have her fight Lauren Murphy because Lauren Murphy still doesn't have any legitimate wins in her win streak. I'd like to see her beat at least one person. If she beats JoJo, then I can say Lauren Murphy is worthy of a title shot, whoever's the winner, Andrade Valentina. If JoJo beats her, then she takes all of Lauren Murphy's momentum and she puts herself as the next as the next potential title title contender. That's the only option I see for her. I wouldn't do a, a Maya rematch. I'd, I'd go for Murphy and see if I could – to steal her spot, which I think she oh, would beat Murphy. Okay, let's go on to the next one. So Marina Rodriguez got a big upset here. She beat um, uh, Amanda Rivas by what I call a lucky punch. 
And you know what? I don't analyze lucky punches. All right? It's a flip. He had, we've seen it before. Okay? For me, she has to do it again. And she's not going to do it again. She had done it before. And we've seen it before. Irene Aldana. Irene Aldana knocked that kept with the air. Is she ever going to do that again? No. So we see that occasionally. And, you know, it was one of those things where uh, Amanda won round one. And then in, in getting round two, listen, watch the replay. That punch came out of nowhere. Right? It came from the side. Nobody punches like that. All right? And Amanda just didn't see it. Nobody just didn't see it. Nobody could have seen that. I, I don't I don't think you're wrong to a certain degree, but I'm not so concerned with the punch. What I'm concerned with is the same thing I, I talked about before the fight. I said Amanda Rebus, when she gets people in positions, she usually dominates from that point on. When she fought Random Marco, she dominated. She watched Paige Van Zandt, she dominated. When she fought Mackenzie Dern, she controlled and dominated. And I said my concern with Marina is Marina's got a balanced skill set that kind of fits all together. I said there's no area she's going to be able to clearly dominate it. Even though she was winning the round, she was taking shots. She was taking shots from the bottom. Yeah. I'm not saying they were game changers. But she couldn't have her way. So the first fight she can't have her way in, she lost. Now it might have been a lucky shot. She might have just caught her under slipping. But the fact of the matter is, she did not look as she didn't she didn't look nearly as tough when she had to adjust. She had no adjustment. She took her down. She thought she's gonna work her over. She couldn't do it. And in the second round, even though she was given well, she was kept, she was it wasn't like she was she wasn't taking abuse either. She wasn't gonna run Marina over. She faced someone who she couldn't just completely take out of their game or face somebody who wouldn't concede a range to him. And once that happened, all of a sudden she didn't look as dynamic. She had someone push back, and then she lost. That that's the fact yeah, of the matter. Yeah. We can talk about the whole time. She pushes people fold. She put she fought somebody. When she pushed, Marina pushed back. That was the only difference. And everybody well, she's if had. She learned, if she learns from it, she could be better than ever at some point. But I don't see Marina. It doesn't make me think Marina Rodriguez. Can I can I ask you a question? Do you think that going to ATT, because, you know, I wouldn't say it was a bad performance. I don't know if it was one of her best performances. No, because she's she, what she did, the purpose, she had the same coach as that, okay? Uh, her dad was there. Uh, Marco Stamata was there. That's a usual coach. The only difference is that at ATT, she can get a wider array of sparring partners. I really would have thought that would have worked out better for her because I thought they'd have better sparring. So she'd she, get used to she'd get used she's to somebody gone there before. Back. She's gone there before. It's not that big of a deal. Well, I'm just saying it, we, we can say that. But the fact of the matter is she usually always had her way. And the one fight she didn't have her way in, she lost. That's a big thing. Well, we'll have to wait and see because I, I, actually, uh, I have to see Marina do it again. Well, I, <laughs> Which I don't believe. I, I got to see what Rebus does next, too, because now we got questions. That, too. Okay. The third fight, which is a bantamweight, is Juliana Pena beat, um, oh, God, her name just escapes me for the moment. Sarah McMahon? Yeah, by uh, third round, rear naked choke. And, you know, uh, I, I'm not a Sarah McMahon fan. I haven't been for a long time. Uh, I don't think she's here's somebody with top flight talent, but she's lacking something. I think the problem is, I told said to a friend of mine after that fight, her problem for me is between her ears. Yeah, 
I, I'd have to agree. I, I actually was before on Twitter after the fight and before it, I was saying that she might be one of the biggest underachievers in not just women's mixed martial arts, but mixed martial arts history. Because wrestling is supposed to be the best, you know, foundational sport sport for MMA. So she's an Olympic level wrestler. She's got probably the best athleticism, physical strength, and power in, in her weight class. And yet she hasn't won a title and hasn't been able to stand the top five and and has been soundly outpositioned in grappling exchanges by inferior wrestlers. Misha Tate, reverse her and beat her with an inch of her life. Kent Levera submitted her. And then you got Julia Juliana Pena, who basically did the same thing. The big the biggest issue with Sarah McMahon is twofold. One, she's like Gray Maynard in the fact that she either boxes, 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 or wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. She does she doesn't know how to mix the two. That's her first issue. The second issue, she's a front runner. And the thing is, she likes to get that takedown or clinch so she can get rest and she can control you. You can't do anything. But Julia Pena, Juliana Pena isn't a good striker. I don't think she's a great wrestler. I don't think she's a great rap grappler. But what she is, the one elite skill she has is that she refuses to concede any range. If you strike, she'll strike with you. You wrestle, she'll wrestle back. If you grapple, she'll meet you at every range. She made Sarah work. Sarah got tired. And then Sarah basically quit. It's like, this is getting too tough for me. I'm going to find it. To me, she quit. She looks for a way out. It's like, this is too tough. She's fighting me too much. And then she gave a position that she had, had no right in giving up and got submitted. I mean, Pena just outworked her. She just walked her down because she kept making her work at every range she was at. So afterward, Juliana said that Amanda Nunez was ducking her. <laughs> Wait a minute. Didn't she lose to Jermaine Durandami? He could have had a title shot if she'd won that fight. Well, I, I, I can't. I, I, don't, I think I'm, I've never been the biggest fan of Juliana Pena because I think she says some ridiculous things. I don't know. She's the, I don't want to say the smartest. She just says some dumb things. And quite frankly, her, her use of the English language is deplorable. But um, one thing I will admit for her is the secret that made Durandamy competitive with Nunes is Durandamy was tough enough to take some abuse and mentally checked in enough that she fought every position, whether she got taken her down or not, she tried to fight it. Whether she's on the back, she tried to fight. When she was in striking, she was trying to fight. Juliana Pena is in better shape and in theory, a better grappler and better wrestler than Drain Durandamy. If she can get past the first round and a half, Nunes still gets tired. It's just nobody lasts long enough to push her. She gets past the first round and a half, Nunes is going to have a problem. That's uh, all we'll she's got to do, get past the first round and a half. We'll I guarantee you. That. She gets past actually, the first round and a half. Well, it's a problem. First of all, I don't think she's getting titles. That's number one. Uh, I'm just saying. She gets past the first round and a half. It's a problem. I'd like to see her against Holly Holm next, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think she's getting the title shot, number one. Uh, but it's a dumb thing to say. I mean, come on, man. She took her moment in the sun and drew attention to herself. Will we really be talking about her this long if she didn't say something like that? No, and I'm finished talking about her. Okay? All right. So okay. uh, the UFC is this week heading back to Vegas. Uh, Dina White mentioned uh, last week that they're probably not going to go back to Abu Dhabi until July. Uh, concerned, among other things, about um, travel restrictions, national travel restrictions. So uh, those haven't been imposed yet, but it is a concern. So if my, it depends when they start. I can see him flying a lot of fighters into Vegas. Okay? All right? Now, another thing is the COVID-19 protocols have changed for the UFC. Okay? The protocols... Are now, if someone is a fighter tests positive, they have to self quarantine for ten days. Okay, the former protocols is a fighter can test positive for COVID nineteen, 
And if it's long enough ahead of time, like uh, a week or so, let's say, for example, uh, if the fighter uh, has two negative tests uh, in the next few days, then they can, they can, then they don't have to quarantine. So th- this is going to end the whole thing. A pr- part of the problem you run into here, of course, is that much of the positive tests that we see with UFC fighters, uh, with some exceptions, are asymptomatic and more likely to be false positives than anything else. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. Back in October, when David- Davidson Sigurota uh, won his title, right? He tested positive for COVID-19 down in Brazil. And his manager, uh, Walid Ismail, uh, thought that it was a false positive. And so he, what he immediately did is, a couple, is he, took, he waited a couple of days and then had him test positive on, I think it was Friday when he tested positive. He tested negative on Sunday and tested negative again on Monday. So he was back on. With 10 days, that kind of takes care of that. Okay, and so what we're going to see a lot of is fighters uh, dropping out for COVID nineteen. In some cases, we're seeing fights scheduled. Supposed to have uh, Marion Renault uh, versus Macy Chase on, and Marion tested positive for COVID nineteen, and so that's going to be scheduled to uh, February twenty seventh. Okay. 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 Any comments on that? Or no. Uh, not really. Okay. So we've got, this means we've got two fights this Saturday. Okay, fight number one, it was supposed to be uh, Nico Montano versus Carol Rosa. And Nico dropped out, I don't know if it was for COVID or something else. And look who we see again, Jocelyn Edwards. Okay, so we saw Jocelyn like three weeks ago. And of course, she's from uh, uh, Panama originally, but she lives in El Paso, Texas, and she trains in Mexico. All right, and she won her fight, came in on short orders a couple of weeks ago. She said in an interview that she didn't even know who the opponent was when they offered her the fight, and she agreed to it, and her coach really looked at a tape of Carol Rosa. Okay, Carol trains with uh, Jessica Andrade at PRVT, so she basically fights the same way that Jessica fights. We all know how those girls fight. Yeah. So she's 2-0 and in the UFC, so uh, I think they're both basically unproven fighters, Juan. So it really depends on how uh, Jocelyn handles the, uh, the fighting style of Carol Rosa. Yeah, the biggest thing I, I would be concerned about for Jocelyn is even though Jocelyn is athletic and seems to have physical advantages, she doesn't seem like a very physical fighter. It's just she's u- usually longer and, and, and stronger than the people she's facing. Rosa's not a not a world class athlete like Andrade, but Rose is a very physical fighter. She's very take one to give one, and she she likes to initiate contact. So I think Edwards used to just kind of having her way and bullying people and hitting them and them backing up or taking them down and them not being able to get up or them trying to get her down and, and her just throwing them off. And I I don't think that'll be the case with Rosa. If nothing else, Rosa's going to make her work harder than she's had to work before because Rosa there's not as big a gap between them athletically and um. Rosa has just a mentality that she's willing to get into exchanges. She's not going to get hit or kicked once or twice and concede that range. She's going to engage with Jocelyn. So it's a matter well, of how does Jocelyn handle that kind of physicality and that pressure? Yeah. All, all the fighters from that camp, P- PRVT, they basically all fight the same way. I haven't seen anybody 
come from that camp that fights any differently than the way Jessica fights. And sometimes it works for some, but not for others. We just haven't seen enough of Carol yet to know how good she is or, or anything like that. And this may give us an indication. I don't know. But uh, I think she's more tough. I think she's more tough. Tu- I think she's more tough and gritty than actually good. Like her striking is well, it's aggressive and it's, it, it's got mean spirits, but it's, it's not, not very well put together defensively. She, she's got a lot of holes. The just thing is she will engage. And sometimes that mentality is enough. If you're, you're used to having it your way and all of a sudden you can't, it's, it's a different fight for you. And, and I think she's tough enough to, to put Jocelyn in a couple spots that she doesn't like. The question is, can she handle what's coming back? Okay. The other fight on this uh, show is at uh, Bantam, uh, sorry, Flyweight. It is uh, Molly McCann versus uh, Lara Procopio. Now, Lara is from Brazil. She trains at Nova Unia, and she's uh, she actually lost to Carol Rosa in the UFC debut. However, that fight was at bantamweight, and she normally fights at flyweight. So she might be better in this, okay? Because, you know, Nova Unia is a good camp. I expect her to win. Molly McCann is not a good fight. Okay? Yeah. She's from okay. Liverpool, England, as we all know. Very popular in England, but she's really not a UFC caliber fighter. She can punch, but that's all she can do. She really can't do anything else. I've never, I haven't seen, I've seen, she's a tick. Yeah, a okay? lot of people refer to her as a boxer, and in actuality, what she is, is a, is a girl with good punching skills. She doesn't really have the footwork and the defense or even the high-level offense that you would expect from a boxer, kind of like Calvin Cater. People are like, he's such a great boxer. He's really not. He punches very well. He can take a shot, and he throws a lot of shots, and that's what masks the actual skill set. And it's the same thing with Molly McCann. When she's able to pressure you and attack you, she looks great because you're backing up. Most people don't have good defense. They cover up, and she just overwhelms them. When an opponent is able to match her on the feet, you start seeing the holes. You start noticing that she loads up. She telegraphs. Her defense isn't good. And she's not good at transitioning ranges. She's she's not good at going from striking to wrestling to grappling. She kind of is predictable in that sense. Her opponent, uh, Laura, how do you say her last name? Pro- Procipio? Laura Procopio. Procopio. I saw, when I, I saw the fight against Carol Rosa, and she was actually – she looked pretty clean. She had a good jab. She put shots together. She's not really athletic. But she looked like she hurt Rosa a couple times and backed her up. And I'm just going to assume Rosa is a little bit tougher, more physical than McCann. So I, I, I would think you. so. I, I think she, I think she might. It should be an action-packed fight, but I expect her to win. She seemed she was a cleaner striker against a bigger, stronger, and more physically durable opponent than anybody Molly McCann's face. So um, yeah, what people the question is okay. So I get to ask this all the time about certain fighters, like why is Molly McCann even in the UFC? And the answer is. The UFC needs foreign fighters for foreign shows. So she's mainly in the UFC for British shows. Of course, the pandemic and everything, it kind of goes out the window, yeah. right? So that's why she's in the UFC. Because when they go to England, they need to have British fighters. She's, she, she's not a great fighter. She's, if she was a better fighter, she'd, like, even if she was, was like a little bit slightly above average, she could pr- probably be a star because she's got a personality. She's kind of funny and has a quirkiness to her. She's just not a good enough fighter to to draw in the fans' attention. And she's not she, and a nickname. Yeah, and, she's, and a nickname, Meatball Mom. Yeah, there you go. Another, yet another thing. She she just has a kind of every woman quality, but she's not a good enough fighter to draw in the attention. She's not Schwan, she's not good. That's at, what I'm saying. Like if she if she just had a little bit better, she could be a star because she relates to people. 
but she's more of a personality than a fighter. I know she claims to be a great fighter, but she's not. She's really more of a personality. Yeah, that's I. Okay. Uh, learned today uh, that uh, Sarah Morass has been released by the UFC. Not surprising to get to that. Uh, Vanessa Mello, her contract is up. She's hoping to sign. I kind of hope not. But anyway, so they're both gone from the UFC. Any comment on that? Yeah, um, Morass, I. She had to me. She had to know she was on the edge with the pink slip coming. Possibly, I don't understand how you fight that fight, knowing that you're on. You're, you could be considered to be cut. Like I don't understand how she fights that fight. It was a real clear blueprint how to beat Mello, and she fought the opposite fight, knowing that her job was possibly online. She had to know she's her job was close to being online. Her record's not great. She's not super popular. Every fight for her is, is a potential pink slip fight, and she fought the worst fight possible at the time she could least afford it. It's just ridiculous. It's irresponsible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, the hot button topic right now is the uh, comments by ESPN blowhard, (laughs) Stephen A. Smith, about women's MMA. Okay. Now, let me say this about Stephen A. Smith. What did you say earlier today? Um, Well, I said... I. My whole point was they're getting on him, but I could have sworn Khabib said something very similar, if not worse, than what Stephen A. said, and nobody seemed to have any problems with him. Yeah. I don't see nobody. Let, let, let me Go see. Ahead. Yeah, that's because Khabib is paid to fight, and Stephen A. Smith is paid to talk. That's the difference. Well, well to that point, okay. I have one question then. But he's if you're you're going to jump on the journalist who everybody says you can't respect him, he doesn't know what he's talking about. The, pretty much at that time, the face of the organization, one, one of the best fighters in the history of this sport, is saying that women shouldn't be fighting. They, they should be going home and supporting their husbands. Y'all had the reason I don't make the reason to me it's not that big of a deal, okay, is that in Russia, where he's from, that's not an unusual opinion. That's why he comes from a different culture. So you have to take that into consideration. Do you? Okay, but I don't pay any, but I don't pay any more attention to him than I pay to Stephen A. Smith. It's just that Stephen A. Smith gets paid to be an idiot. Well, that's what. Okay, that's my second thing. I don't know. If, I'll put it like this: There's people. There's segments of people who openly hate on other sports. There's people who hate on violent sports. There's people who, who are combat sports who make fun of. They're like, girls' gymnastics. That's stupid. Men's basketball. That's dumb. Everybody has their opinion. He didn't say you, he didn't say you shouldn't do it. He just doesn't agree with it. So what? I don't even see what the beef is at. Did, let me ask you a question. Let me, did you actually read the transcript of what he said? Uh, I read it a couple of days. I read it quickly. I went through it. Okay. Okay. It didn't make any damn sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. First of all, he said what he actually said is he doesn't want to see women fight men. That's what he said. Which UFC doesn't do, even though even though and they then, do. Have, I don't know what the hell he even said. Though they ha- ha- I say, even though people who are connected to the UFC have made that connection before. I mean, the point is, the point is, the statement didn't make any damn sense in the first place. Okay, and the thing I will tell you about, about this guy is one thing. Okay, I pay no attention to him. I never listen to him. His show is on up here in Canada. It's on TSN. But I, I don't even I don't pay attention to him. The only time I hear about him is when he does something that's stupid. Okay, I thought the best response to this was from Joanna Kajicek. Okay, 
We don't need your support. Thank you. That's what she said. Okay. And Julie Ketsey basically gave ESPN shit for letting this guy go on about this. In other words, I have no I have no no time for it. I wouldn't even be talking about it if you didn't bring it up. I just brought it up because, like I said, I, I don't – a lot of people have an issue with Stephen A. Smith. That's fine. A lot of people in every sport has a problem. They're like, why don't they bring somebody else in? There's people who are more qualified than him, but there's a lot of people who are casuals who, who don't really get involved in this kind of stuff who come over, come over to see what he has to say about it. It helps the UFC and the ESPN's bottom line. People don't seem to understand that. You can get Laura Sanko, but Laura Sanko, is, she's very good at her job. But she's hardcore's like her, and I'm not saying I'm not sure that I'm not sure that she ever gets to a point of where Stephen A. Smith is. And you can say he's an idiot; he says dumb things. But MMA MMA fighting or whoever her posts and stuff, they post it for a reason. It helps their bottom line. ESPN uses them because it helps their bottom line. UFC uses them because it helps their bottom line. They can say whatever they want; it helps their bottom line. I know, there. But, but I'm just saying this: I pay no attention to this guy. I don't care what I, and I, my, my only point is this everybody in mma claims to be a businessman i'm a businessman they should run the business promoters need to run this run that y'all don't seem to understand what's helping get you the eyes that you're getting it's not just because of these fights some of these fights aren't superstar fights they're getting extra attention because of the personality surrounding them if they don't understand that then i can't can't take them seriously as people who are businessmen and business women you're okay with cm punk fighting in the cage but you got a problem with somebody who's not an mma lifer talking about it listen He's not a businessman. He's a blowhard. I know, but the people who employ him are using him for business purposes. Well, I'm aware of that. And, you know, I would have taken him off the air already. That's too many I, I, I guess. But if it brings, but it ain't if my it brings money. in rating. It ain't my money. So, I'm, listen, they're obviously drawing an audience. You want to know who's just as bad as him? His damn co-host, Max Kellerman. He's just as bad. Let me put it like this. They're both people. Idiots. People say Conor McGregor is a fake. Conor McGregor is a phony. I don't like him. He's 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 easy work. Why are you calling his name out for fights? Why do you want to fight on his card? Because he brings attention, and attention brings more money. It's the same thing with Stephen A. Smith. It is. They're, they're, uh, listen, the, the, there's another thing happening that I don't care about, and that is uh, Paige Van Zandt making her uh, bare knuckle fighting championship. Uh, debut this weekend. I, I don't watch the product. I'm not interested in it. But the one thing I did notice, and I am interested in, is that she said that she's getting 10 times the money that she got for the UFC. So you can use any kind of figure you like. The point is, it's kind of like we were saying a few you months ago. It. She's getting she's getting stupid money for this. You predicted it. Okay. No kidding. So that's the only reason I'm being bringing it up. I am not watching it. I don't care. And I, you know, if she wants, if that's what she wants to do, if she's making great money for, for that, if she's making stupid money, great. But I'm not interested. Yeah, the only thing I'm interested in, and, and I, I hope she doesn't get any hate from anybody. In fact, anybody who's a fighter or a fan of fighter, whether regardless of what kind of fighter you think she is, the fact of the matter is she's been in the cage, she's taking real punches, knees, and chokes. And if she's found a way to make money that could alter her life or make her life better, we should all just be happy for her. Whether you respect her as a fighter or not, the fact is she actually fought. And if she can find a better way to make money, let her make her money. Every fighter should be aspiring to make better money. 
It's it's pretty much what I said a few months ago. What did I say? She's getting stupid. Yes. Otherwise, she should be going to Bellator, right? Yep. Okay. Now, one other thing I wanted to mention. Did you see that in a recent interview with Elima Lay McFarlane? What the hell did you think of that? Um, I don't know. I just, I was just kind of, I don't even know what to say, man. To be honest, I, I was, I just kind of, I, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't have a pain. I was just kind of like, hmm. maybe she should retire. What do you think? I, I thought before she was in the mindset of retiring after she lost that fight. She sounded like someone who was just burdened by the belt and burdened. Well, man, it's, a, it's like we were talking before. There's some fighters that are front runners, you know, they can't handle you, losses. You know, Ronda Rousey said something years ago that I found to be true. Ronda said, everybody wants to be the big champion, but nobody wants to do the photo shoots and the constant interviews and the constant fighting. Like, is a lifestyle that comes with the, not everybody's built for. A lot of people have the skill of a champion. They don't have that will to do all the extra stuff to be a champion. She goes, it's not glamorous. And maybe, maybe McFarland's not like that. McFarland sounded like she didn't want to ever step foot in the cage again after her loss. And I, I think she really might retire. Okay, the only other thing I wanted to mention is Deep Jewels has announced the brackets for their uh, Adam Weight tournament. Uh, the matches will be the first round will be the end of March and then the second round will be May. And the only thing I will say is I expect the winner of the tournament to be Siwoo Park who is a teammate to Ham at Korea. And so what's she doing on this show? She lives in Japan her boy, with her boyfriend. So that's why she's in Japan. Okay, but she's probably the best fighter in, in this bunch. So you can take it down. That's who I predict is going to win the whole thing. Duly noted. We will see if you're right as you think you're going to be. That's right. Anything you want to talk about? Um, I was just wondering, did you, did you feel any sort of pushback or wave coming for Megan uh oh god i can't remember her name uh, oh megan yes, anderson after the incident she had with or i guess the incident she was adjacent to with uh with name oh, yeah Kenny. Yes. Kenny. Jason, Jason yeah, Kenny uh, look an idiot is an idiot what do you want me to tell you okay yeah, he shouldn't have said it. He shouldn't have said it, and his excuse was dopey. And he should have just, you know, don't say things like moron. It is weird to me that he was that unaware, and that the guy he's on show, and nobody—it's like nobody could hear themselves think, think out loud or speak out loud. Like n- nobody heard the words coming out of their mouth. Because they're all three guys are fighters. And they're all three self-absorbed morons. Yeah, well, it's hard to argue that. It just—I I just couldn't believe they said that. I couldn't right. believe they. It's ridiculous. It's just, you know, I'm not even—I didn't comment on it. I, I, you know, it's like, what the hell is wrong with you? That's all. Yeah, I was saying thing. I couldn't believe they hit record and said that out loud. Well, he apologized. Let's put it behind us, okay? Yeah, yeah, that's all you can do at this point. But it was a big mistake, in my opinion. No, uh, I think it'll amount to nothing in the long run. Anyway, anything else, or is that? That'll it? be it, sir. Okay, 
Again, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. All those videos that we were talking, all those matches we were talking about from last week, the videos are up on my blog, and this weekend's will be up on Sunday morning. Uh, again, don't forget to check out my other podcast, the uh, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. If you have any questions or comments for either of my podcasts or my blog, you can leave them on Anchor's voicemail. And if you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.